And we welcome you inside this, what's today? Monday edition of the Sports Ethos Sacramento Kings podcast. It's definitely a Monday. Sam Comente here with you, alongside, as always, the incomparable and all-knowing Jill Adge. Jill, we already did this episode last Wednesday, did the whole thing. It was pretty funny. It was short and sweet. We did it like within a 35-minute time frame, covered a good amount of topics. And then I went back and listened to it and realized the microphone and speaker I was using was blown out. You couldn't tell, but it was good old technology. (laughs) Good old technology. This $70 speaker. It was blown out through Zoom. So you couldn't hear a word I was saying. You sounded great, but I I was like screaming the whole time. Um, So now I'm not even using the microphone. Uh, It might sound like I'm kind of far away, but I'm not testing it again. Um, We got to do what we got to do. Yeah, exactly. You got to, and I'm also on my buddy's laptop that's currently at 1% because it's charging, but it's at 1% because I left my. (laughs) my laptop at work. So we're making it happen. You've been moving. You've been busy. You look pretty settled in your new environment. Uh, um, Gracie looks like she's happy. Yep. She is. <laughs> yeah. She's running around behind. Um, yeah. Everything's pretty much settled besides I get the couch tomorrow. Um, and I, that's pretty much the finishing, finishing touches. So you get look- a couch for my birthday. Yeah. Yes. And happy early birthday. To Jillian Adge, the one and only. Everyone, uh, when they listen to this, make sure to tweet at Jill and wish her a happy birthday tomorrow. If you uh, Tuesday, March eighth is her birthday. So if you're listening to it Monday night, don't don't tweet her yet, unless you're just trying to be like an overachiever. Uh, get there early to wish her a happy birthday. <laughs> uh, but we're gonna we're just gonna talk some uh, Kings and Knicks primarily tonight. The game is happening right now as we speak. The Kings are off to a great start which means nothing because they, they've been doing that a lot lately, Jill, starting out hot and then fizzling out. Yeah. Fox is already, what, four assists, I think. Oh, my gosh. Gracie. It's like she knows automatically. She does. She does know when we when we hop on. Um, um, and then uh, we have our first interesting lineup together. We have uh, Damian Jones with Sabonis. Um, and so far, they're drawing fouls. So, you know, it's, it's taken the Knicks center and their backup center out of the game. So um, I'm guessing New York would be going small, you know, out of necessity. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, the ball movement's good. Um, we're seeing the guys we want to see aggressive so far. But again, we know we're for one, you know, a quarter in. <laughs> There's plenty of time. Um, we, we know this story. We do all but, too well. Uh, yeah, it's you're seeing what you want to see out of the out of the people that are that are playing right now. Um, I'm assuming uh, Dante will be going in shortly. We saw, um, like I said, we saw Jones, and then we've seen uh, Mitchell uh, come in. We've seen Davion come in. So I would assume the next one would be Dante, but uh, we shall see. There, I'm guessing when Fox comes out, that's when we'll see Dante, unless. Unless we see him uh, come out for a Harrison or something like that, because we we've seen some three guard Small. lineup, you know, a little three guard lineup. So, um, yeah, oh. it's it'll be interesting. And um, I, I enjoy seeing uh, R.J. Barrett on the other side. Uh, he's what he's done the last two years. Uh, for anyone that's not following New York right now, <laughs> I think he's. <laughs> exceeding anything that I mean, I thought he'd be good, but he's exceeding anything 
um, that I thought I would see. And the cool thing too, as such a young player, they're actually throwing him on um, the opposing teams, like best wings, guards, wings. Um, and he is taking the challenge. And so, you know, I always young, love that from a young guy. You Here we kind of see with Mitchell, even though he's undersized in that aspect. Um, I like seeing the young guys wanting to play both ways and, you know, taking on um, those assignments and showing out on both sides of the court. <laughs> right. No, RJ Barrett. He's really coming to his own. That's uh, you can harp on. And this also might just be more Barrett's always, always going to be a great player, but you can harp on Thibodeau who always seems to have one great year as a coach. And then seems to just like wear the team out after that, which is what we've seen from New York this year after they made the playoffs last year, the bing bong is dead. That whole thing. I haven't heard that in a while. So I'm a little sad. Actually, I was enjoying that. The New York Knicks fans on the street, just yelling random catchphrases that they decided to attribute to this team. But R.J. Barrett is definitely a bright spot. Um, Mitchell Robinson, I don't know if he's he on the court right now. I'm watching the game now. He's always hurt, but he's always been a guy oh, I've really yeah. enjoyed. And we just saw the three-guard lineup go out, so Dante went right. in. Dante, who had his buddy healed moment on Saturday. 19 seconds left Let's on the doing everything off. right and then had that, yeah. Yeah, that was weird. It would have been great if he made it. Um, it would have been like, all right, whatever, man. But, of course, he airballed yeah, it. And it was one of those where I know he had to like move for it and he like moved back and over. So he kind of was out of position. Um, And I don't know if it was kind of like a, he didn't realize how much time was left or like, I don't know what was talked about in the thing to where he just chucked it up. But it was one of those where it was not a comfortable um, situation. It wasn't like a, a, a clean catch and shoot, which yeah. isn't always going to happen. And I wouldn't have minded that shot had, you know, there been, you know, two seconds, two seconds left on the clock, but, go. um, you know, with 17 at that point, that's where it was. a. And I think Sabonis missed, uh, I think holiday was cutting and he didn't yep. see him. So it was just one of those where, um, in theory, it, it looked like it could have worked, but it did. Oh, there we go. Mitchell three. There we go. Nice to see that early. I don't know if I was ahead or behind uh, than you, Jill, here, because I'm also on my, like, I'm using it on an app. So I guess I'm ahead because I, I we're, we're both watching and I'm on uh, a stream on um, Xfinity. So gotcha. On the yes. computer next, on the screen next to me. So Jill's it probably is slow with everything else going. <laughs> true, true. It's probably, I'm probably taking some of the Wi Fi from you over here. Um, all right. Fox is really in a go mode recently. Uh, since we lasted an episode, though, we, like I said, we had come on on Wednesday, last Wednesday, to talk about the ass whooping the Kings got at the hands of the Pelicans and how in the biggest game of the year they didn't show up. And we were obviously writing that off. Then they responded very well against San Antonio, against another team competing for the play in, beat them on the road. And then they had us feeling pretty good against Dallas, a really, really good Dallas team, even without Doncic. They have a good team, Spencer Dinwiddie. It's almost like they knew Doncic was going to have to miss some time every now and again because Dinwiddie stepped right in and played like Luka Doncic. He had like 34 points. And, I mean, let's be I saw a lot of people acting like Dallas were scrubs. Like, I get it when we say when teams' best players are out, like, you should be better. But Dallas also has one of the top defensive ratings in the league, Um, and they're used to playing without you know, Luca yeah. for periods at a time. 
Um, I mean, and they're and they're a, a top seed in the West. Like, I mean, was it a bad? Was it? I'm just say, was it a blown loss? Yes, but the better team won. So, I mean, it's to I me, it's to. not like they blew it against you know a a team against the Houston Rockets. Like that team knows how to win. Yeah, like they do. Um, so you know, the Kings <laughs> do not. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is something we see with them every year, kind of regardless of of who's on the court or who's on the team. So until they can kind of figure this stuff out, it's it is what it is. And to me, those are the kind of losses I'd almost rather have if you're going, you know, the losing route when it comes to you know lottery wise. You play well, you lose to a better team, and it didn't hurt you in your in your lottery standing. So, um, you know, well, they're up thirty three seventeen right now. They're playing some defense. So hey, um, but yeah. So I mean, it's it is what it is. That's you know. No, I I, I was mad um, for about five seconds when Justin Holiday ran away from. His guy yes, to play yes. help help defense because De'Aaron Fox already had the help defense, but Justin Holiday wanted to make sure there was a lot of help and left a, a pretty good outside shooter wide open. And so I was mad for like three seconds, and then I did think of what you would say, Jill, and that's what you just said, which was, if we're going to lose, let's lose to a good team, make it competitive, let's have fun. That was a good yeah, and I think, And I think that's the thing where it's like, what can get frustrating is losing of the mental mistakes rather than like, him, him just making an incredible shot over someone sure. well defended. You know what I mean? Like that's where I think it is easier to swallow in that sense of, oh, great, here we go. Another, you know, mental lapse by someone who usually is not making those mental lapses, let alone on defense. Like that's, oh, he's um, and, and I think that that could like, it's not making excuses, but this team is also figuring each other out on their switches and learning traits of, you know, each other's, you know, and it, it was like, they both went one way instead of, you know, doing whatever they were necessarily supposed to do at, at that um, particular time. So I, I do think that those are things you're, you're going to see. Um, right. It's never easy to, for us to watch it just because we've seen it so often, but yeah, I do think it's easier to take when the other team is like, you're playing as good as you're playing and they're just flat out better and hitting shots over you without you making those, those mental lapses. And we saw a couple of those at the end and that's where it hurts. I think more so maybe for some. Then the fouls, the stupid, stupid fouls that were not called because the Kings are not good. And when you're not good, you don't get the calls, especially if you're on the road, you might get them sometimes right. at home, at home court advantage. And, but you're not going to get them when you're playing a, a, a top, top tier Dallas Mavericks team. Eric Armstead's right. at the game, Jill, you're about to see sack native. Yeah. He, uh, I don't know if you saw, but he was doing, um, he did the pregame with, uh, oh. with Matt and uh, Kyle. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's really cool. So that was cool. Yeah. So we're right now watching the Kings enter the second quarter. As you said, Jill, they're up by 16. Um, I feel like that might be one of those things that is said that then is preceded 
by something bad. Uh, Josh Jackson's on the court too. So I don't know what that means. I think Gentry's, oh, wow. gonna, Gentry's throwing uh, shit at the wall now because he smells the blood in the water and he's like, what do I have to lose? Which is smart. Yeah, and I think this becomes the time where you start sitting more vets and throwing other players out there too. End the season. <laughs> you got to know if they're going to keep Josh Jackson. Dante went for three. Yes. Dante's Let's been see him hit the three ball. Dante's been shooting a lot better. His, his, other than that outlandish shot, his stroke has looked really good. That's a foul. Thank you. Uh, I'm sorry, Jill. I got to remember I'm a couple seconds ahead. But <laughs> I was going to say, wait. <laughs> now I'm getting there. Now, yeah. Um, try to, we can count out how exactly, how far behind you are exactly. They just fouled him. <laughs> Oh, was that Jackson? Okay. It was. Getting, being aggressive. And Sabonis always finding the right guy. See, that was a call, too, that um, if that was Dallas, I don't think they get – I don't think they would have even called that. And I'm really glad that Gentry made the comment because it's literally what I thought in my head, what Luke Walton said quite a bit when he was coaching. The fact that De'Aaron Fox is getting to the paint as much as he is, is a guy that initiates as much contact as he does, and he only shoots however many ridiculously low free throw attempts a game. It's just – it's he's – you know, Gentry said he was miffed by it, which is putting it PG. Yeah. And I'm um, fucking confused. I saw, yeah. I saw somebody post yesterday or the day before, and it was the percent of the top 10 players um, who get to the rim in the league. Um, and then what percentage they're called um, when it comes to fouls. Right. And there or was there their average so far, like in the um their career average and then what they're getting this year there were maybe two that are higher but everybody else was was down um so i mean it's again like you're kind of seeing it um as we were saying earlier like league wide i think they've gotten a little bit better um but as we see like there's still a lot of ones where you're like how how is that not being called? And then for other players, it's you just breathe on them and it's like, yeah. <laughs> or they, if they're like LeBron or Luca who complains yeah. quite a bit I mean, about And all. again, yeah, that's no surprise to us. We know how this place works. No, it's not. But, it's- um, but it's still, and it is funny. Like you've heard the, the, the Matt Barnes say it. And one of the funny ones was Zach Randolph um, where it was, they, they see how the schedules work here too. And they're like, um, to end the season, like what right now it's like the Kings have the six hardest schedule to like, to end it. And you see some of these other top teams, you know, where it's their way down and it's like, damn, like, is your schedule always like this? And they're like, yep. Yeah, man, you guys always get these kind of calls. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh damn. Like when they acknowledge it where it's like, gee, like it's yeah. noticeable. It's always putting up. It, it helps us think we're not just crazy, like watching it. Like, no, it's a the players that didn't think it was a thing that have you know played in the league for years and have been around multiple teams are like, wow, <laughs> it's noticeable <laughs> when you get here. It, I think, I think the NBA is the ultimate league in which what you've done as a team, definitely what you've done as a player, but what you've done as a team will dictate a lot of what happens on the court while the game's happening, like. You will absolutely get more calls and get more things your way when you're successful. 
and you won't. And it, it, when I say it, it almost sounds kind of like fair, like you earned it, but that's obviously not how it's supposed to work. You're all supposed to be refed and judged in the same, same manner because you know, the rules are the rules, but yeah, some people, I mean, something I thought of when we see it in technical fouls too, all the time where it's like where one person has a super long leash and other players. You just played don't. into <laughs> what I was about to say about DeMarcus cousins. When we were watching him, when the Kings were playing Denver in Denver, he had that one play where it wasn't very egregious. It was just a pretty hard foul, but because it was DeMarcus cousins, they called the foul and then immediately stopped the game to go review it to make sure it wasn't a flagrant because they're making the assumption that DeMarcus probably was committing a flagrant foul. And it wasn't. It wasn't even that hard of a foul. It was just a, it was a, it was a foul. But I remember thinking, like, this is only happening because that's DeMarcus Cousins and his reputation precedes him. I don't miss that from when he was on the kicks. Yeah, I mean, and we've even seen it where some of our guys, I think Bagley got the T one time. I think Damian Jones, Rashawn Holmes, like – after they make a, a, a dunk or do something and then they like yell and it's like, yeah. Um, and they get, they get Definitely. called for the T and then all of a sudden you're playing the next game and somebody else does it on the opposing team and nothing happens. And you're like, wait, wait, last night, like that, he didn't even yell as hard. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a vocal. So it's just weird. Yeah. So oh, yeah. it's going to be interesting. Okay. Going back, I'm at I'm showing 4126, but there's already, you know, the murmurs of will Fibs, you know, last right uh after the season based on what they did last year and then this year. I know they've had some injuries and they gave out a little bit more money. Their defense isn't necessarily what it was. It's gonna be interesting to see if he makes it another year. If he lasts, yeah. And and if they make any big moves, like if are they keeping Randall, not keeping Randall? Like we've heard we heard his name a lot, you know, over the trade deadline. Um Josh Jackson's looking is, good. Is that a ball. is that a piece they're gonna move? Um yeah, the Knicks are it's gonna be really interesting to see what what they do. Oh, okay. I just saw Jackson to holiday. Oh. I like to see holiday making his shots. And there's just the first call of the game where they got the Kings treatment and the guy did not get the foul. Oh, that oh. was actually good defense by Jackson there. Missed the, missed the layup, but he, that's what in thing is, is he's long. Very long. Right. Like he can. For a way. He was the fourth overall pick picked right before De'Aaron Fox. Let's not forget mm -hmm. that. He was very, very, very touted coming out of Kansas. And I remember thinking that if De'Aaron and or Jason Tatum didn't fall to the Kings, which Tatum went third in that draft. I was thinking, I was like, Josh Jackson, why go get him, you know? Because the Kings at that time didn't have Harrison Barnes. They were didn't have a wing player that was significant. So I was all in on the concept of Jackson, um, especially because they'd already paid money on George Hill. It was a weird offseason for the Kings, what they did. But uh, Blade said that, you know, De'Aaron was always the guy if – he was there, but if he wasn't, I'm curious to see what would have happened if it would have been Josh Jackson on the Kings at that time. And if they hadn't had the pick swap, would they would have been three, and would they have taken Tatum? I don't, there's yeah. so many what if, yeah, there's so many what ifs. It's a good so one. So many crazy what ifs. Yeah, I forgot about that yeah. ridiculous pick swap from the Stauskas trade. 
the salary dump. Yeah, because he didn't know that you could stretch. You, you could wave and stretch them, <laughs> or a player. <laughs> you could wave. And yeah, no one, no one. Um, had yeah, that it's you know, it's this place is always interesting, and it wasn't even just a swap; it was also giving up an unprotected draft pick. Right, which is prime here. <laughs> they are. You can but. never give up an unprotected pick, and I think Bonnie McNair obviously understood that assignment. The yeah, and so yeah, and we're what? So after this game, it's what fifteen games left. Yep, they're not out of it, but it's like as close to out of it as you can get at this point. I think if they lose tonight, I I mean it's got to be really dang close because I think as prior to last game it was like four percent so I mean I don't I it's I don't see the percent the percentages um outside of injury somewhere else um I I did I just don't see them coming back from that but no especially with the schedule yeah and that's where it's going to be interesting to see how they finish the season I mean, we're seeing the Blazers now, like not even trying to hide their, like they just went crazy in the other game. And so they rested up the next one. Like it's your guy's finally getting a shot and he's going off, but you're doing too well. So now we have to sit you, (laughs) Um, but they're sitting half their team and, you know, they're saying like, Oh, toe, like, thigh and then some they're just flat out saying rest um josh hart is getting rested and so it's going to be interesting to see if the kings keep playing through this to try and build the chemistry you know for the last 15 games of which i can understand sure um you know from that aspect or are they going to start doing what some of these other teams are blatantly doing because it's not like you can't say oh i'm scared i'm going to get fined like when other teams are, I mean, are again, I've been doing it the whole year without trying to hide it. Yeah. But that's just something we've never seen this place do. And it usually ends up hurting them when it comes to ping pong balls. Um, so I, I am curious to see if there's any changes going, um, you know, once they're officially eliminated. Sure. And two um, or three games. So, yeah. No, I agree. I think. And I think what we see from Gentry today, he said before the game that until they're out, he's always going to act like they're in, which the fact that he would even preface it by saying until we're out tells me that, like, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking a little more into it. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, then what happens? I wouldn't expect anything less from a coach. Yeah, it's no. going to it's going to have to come from the front office because and the coach will. and players are they're playing for their careers every, you know, every game they're out there, they're playing for that next thing. So. I mean, I, you wouldn't expect anything less. So it, it's going to have to come from up top. Right. And I don't think Monty is going to be afraid to do that because, again, as we've said in the beginning, when he made these trades, he made clear that this was not with the intention of going for it per se this year, although that would have been an obviously added bonus. But that was this was all about setting the tone for next offseason, for the coaching change and hire search that they're about to commence on, uh, which, speaking of which, we're going to touch on the coaches here in just a second. But the next couple of games, Jill, it bears repeating because it's just so daunting. You said they have the sixth most difficult schedule remaining. It doesn't take long to find out why, because after this game against the Knicks, which they're currently winning by double digits in the second quarter, 
as we're recording, they played Denver on Wednesday. Uh, they've obviously lost the last two to Denver that they've played recently. <clears throat> then they play the Jazz. They play the Bulls. They play the Bucks, And they play the Celtics. They play all those games at home, I believe, right? We're on a home. No, they play the Jazz in Utah, and the other games are at home. However, irrelevant, I think, because those are all really good teams. And then they play the Suns after the Bucks, And then finally the Tyrese Halliburton revenge game uh, in Indiana on March 23rd. That'll be a fun one. And Buddy Heald, I guess. I'll probably be off Twitter for that day. <laughs> uh, yeah. That day and the next day. I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be some Stack B people in Sacramento minds that who have been at least persistent and consistent with their hatred for this Halliburton trade that I, I know will say some stuff. Halliburton will make uh, the first three of the game and go back. Like, well, that settles it. This was a mistake. Halliburton's going to the hall of fame. Uh, yeah. And then the rest of their schedule lightens up a little bit. I mean, they still play the Suns again. They play the Warriors one more time, the Pelicans, but they play the Rockets twice. They play the magic. Um, I don't know. It's a weird finish. They play a lot of road games. Like we, we know that they don't have a whole lot of home games left and most of them come in the next week. And then they're mostly a ho- uh, an away team playing on in Florida or yeah. on that side of the country. So. Yeah. yeah and it could, and against some of the opponents it. could go down pretty quick. And what was it mean, again? Realistically. I said, and against some of the opponents that are coming up, it could go down pretty quick. <laughs> it's already going down. You know, uh, I mean, like even more so where it could, I mean, yeah. it could be like officially official. <laughs> like yeah, it could, it could definitely come fast. There's no denying. No more like 4%, 2%, 1%. Zero um, percent. Again, barring barring injuries or resting from other teams, which I have a hard time thinking that the good teams are going to do that at this point because everything is so close right now in the seating. Right. Um, it's, you know, it. It will be interesting. The like, what was good. it a couple of years ago where we saw Portland played like what seven guys or something like that, six seven guys, um, to try and help their uh, their seating. And I think the Kings might have even still lost. Like there was something crazy that where Portland last tried game? to come out and play. That? It was a couple of years ago. Was it Jaeger's last game that Portland played? Like and they it was a really small amount because they were trying to do something with seating wise. Yeah, um, and I don't, I don't think the Kings allowed them to even get it to work. Yeah, no, I think but, that. I think that's. I mean, you could start seeing, you know, crazy things like that as, um, sure. as the season winds down. What I wouldn't give to be back in that season when the Kings were on the precipice of the playoffs and Barnes trade. I remember wearing all my Kings gear that I own to school going to Sac state on campus after the farms trade and posting this story being like, we're all in playoffs or bust. People were all like on campus that day. I remember a lot of people were wearing Kings gear. They came out of the, the shadows to like revel in the fact that the Kings were going for it all just to be disappointed as huge. And Jaeger got fired. I, I mean, that's the closest we've gotten in. You know, since the like where we felt like it was a close, you know, since like that, the year Malone was fired, you know what I mean? Like the right. start of that year where we all thought like the way they were playing, you know, prior to Boogie going out, it was like, we have something. 
Um, oh, yeah. And then there's always something. And then the other time was, what was it? Was it Luke's first year where the Kings actually were like on a, a roll? top three, like um, post all-star break. And it w- looked like they could be, you know, that's why they were invited to the bubble. Um, and it was like COVID took the King's chances out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the, the bubble was horrific. So it was like it, there's always something. <laughs> Always something stopping the Kings from reaching, well, mediocrity first, I suppose, (laughs) and then actual success. Preventing them from being average. (laughs) Right. Average comes first. You don't just usually jump to great. And we haven't even, we've struggled getting to mediocrity because that year that the Jaegers last year, they didn't even technically finish at a mediocre record. They were three games, four games under 500, which is crazy to think because you talk about like the fact that that was like our biggest year, our best year since the last playoff appearance and they didn't even have, they didn't even have a winning record. It's just, uh, why they need to, they need to put Adelman in the rafters. Yeah. And they blow up our car we'll right on that. Put Rattleman in the after, in the blow rafters. It up right now and move this and move the six, move the six to, uh, yes. Somewhere move down. piglet or do whatever, but put the six out there. Like that needs to be out there. Yeah. They have a lot I mean, of that was the statue there. literally for the fans. Like that was a fan statue. How that did not get moved still blows my mind. <laughs> and then the Adelman thing, like you said, I hadn't really thought about that, but you're right. In terms of who they, and they have everyone from those early Kings years in the rafters, except the coach. Well, every key component of those early teams. Literally the best coach in the franchise. <laughs> not even, <laughs> not even have close. Him up there. Yeah. Uh, it's okay, David. Adelman. And he's a Hall of Famer. Like, yep. I mean, hello. Yeah, it's crazy. It's all right. David Adelman will will be the coach next year, so that'll be the final piece of the puzzle. When Arco gets blown up, Adelman gets his name in the ban- in the as a banner in the arena, and then Adelman gets to coach while they have the ceremony to celebrate his dad's enshrinement in King's history. Speak it all into existence. Be a full, for, full circle. Very much a full circle moment. I think we talked about this on our Wednesday episode. That technically, I was going to say, I think we talked about this last week that you guys did not get to hear about. <laughs> yeah, I like that episode a lot too. Of course, I, I think we had a lot of fun with it. Kind of just uh, cutting loose after it had been a little bit since we had talked, and none of it registered. Um, but anyway, we got through this. I'm pretty sure without any issues. Knock on wood. And I want to just preview for our next episode. It's going to be a special one because. Jill, obviously, birthday tomorrow. Everyone wish her a happy birthday on Tuesday. Um, and I will be in Hawaii on Thursday for the weekend for a couple of days to go visit a friend. So we were thinking, well, Jill was thinking, Jill's the brains usually, that we are going to have a special episode where Jill reveals four coaching candidates from her list. Uh, is that right? You say four? Oh, no. It's going to be the four that we've already done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, it's And so since you're going to be gone... I figure, and you know, our last episode um, was lost. Now that we know kind of what's happening and that I will be putting more um, names as we go, Mm -hmm. because we're all knock on wood. It's, it's pretty much written at this point. We're going to be getting a new coach. I figured for anyone that didn't hear the first four, um, I can clip you know, the two 
from one episode and the two because they're in different episodes right now and just have it be a, a accumulation kickoff to our um, the rest of the season where wow. it's a recap. Get, yeah. And it's so essentially you can get the four of them, you know, in one episode I didn't and even then go in because people might not even remember, you know what I mean? Or they missed it. Um, but it's a good recap and then kick off, you know, the next, the next of the list, but that way they're fresh in everyone's mind. Um, as we go into, uh, into the new names and towards the end of the year, which I mean, cause that's kind of what we're thinking about now. Like, yes, some people were thinking about it when we did it, you know, a month or two ago, but it's a lot more, you know, current with what's mm-hmm. going on. And yeah. Fresh, I totally so. misinterpreted what you said. So I'm glad you, uh, <laughs> uh, no, you're good. I'm, we're going to have to think more about how we're going to do that while I'm away, but um, I'm sure we can make that happen and, and build into the remainder of the reveals that you have. Cause you have a lot of coaches still left to announce or to introduce us to, I should say. So, and we want to get it going, figuring that the team will start, you know, the process shortly after um, the season ends. Right. So get ahead of it, get ahead of it. Let people know that Jill is going to be probably pretty. One would think (laughs) they would do that. 15 games left. It seems like pretty much every single, I mean, just based on the top of my head, looking at that schedule, I think 12 of the 15 remaining games, I'm going to say 12, are against teams with winning records and or like in the playoff format right now. And then the Magic, the Pacers, and then the Rockets twice. So I guess 11 of their games are against teams with winning records. I could be wrong, but that's some quick math I think is actually correct, which is crazy to think because that's tough sledding, Jill, for Alvin Gentry and company. We know Doug Christie's not going anywhere, though. I'm pretty confident Doug will be a part of the next coaching staff. Maybe, maybe that's just me, but, and Rico Hines. Rico's survived quite a while. I mean, we've seen people stay on, you know what I mean? For when it sure. comes to coaching staffs, so what, you know, when others, others go and Rico and is a guy who was here, um, you know, prior to Walton, like he, he was in Stockton, you know, and started there. So. Um, and has worked his way up. So yeah, I mean that it wouldn't surprise me if um, the player development kind of guys um, stayed around. Christy will be interesting. I, I mean, I would hope just because the players love him and I like seeing him out there. Um, but I, I do think that you're going to have to have the coach buy off on it, which Walton made him interview and made him do all that. Like it wasn't like they just said, okay, here, like, Right. He's going to be on your staff, whether you want it or not. Like he had to go through the steps and the processes for those that don't know. Um, so. True. Yeah. Yeah. Walton put him through. Then again, whatever Walton's interview process is like, I'm sure it's something I could probably pass, but uh, Chrissy. Well, I mean, and we've talked about this before. He was telling his other guys, like if you're offered somewhere else, like go take it because I'm probably not going to last the year. And yeah. he was correct. So, yeah. you know, I mean, Lindsey Harding, <laughs> Lindsey Harding lost out um, in Minnesota, but she was a finalist there for their last spot. So, I mean, you know, in addition to the rest of the ones that left, like it wasn't a total secret that everyone knew, right? You know, the direction that this place was going and what would probably happen based on history. So, a part of me does, Jill, kind of miss Luke Walton smashing clipboards and yelling at Buddy Heald. Those were fun times. Uh, 
and that, they were playing the Knicks as we're as they're playing them right now. They're playing the Knicks in that game that I remember so distinctly because I I never seen Walt never seem upset about anything, and then he seemed like he was about to punch Buddy Hield in the face. Good times, good times. So stay tuned for the Jill episode and review and and uh, build towards what's to come on the coaching list, the coaching search, and uh, right now before we sign off, let's see where the Kings are. See how hilarious this might be later on when people. Listen to this. So right now, Jill, don't mean to spoil it for you. It's 63 to 45, and it's about to be halftime. So the Kings have almost. I was just 63-43, so I know they score now. (laughs) Uh, I just predicted the future. Seven seconds left in the half, so the Kings are going to be up by about 20 at halftime. Will they hold on to that lead? I'm going to go ahead. I feel kind of good about this, but I'm not going to say it because I never feel good enough to actually believe the Kings will follow through. We won't be surprised either way. (laughs) There you go. Expect both because um, both are equally as likely. And then they go and face again, Denver on Wednesday. And that should be a game I will not be watching. So thanks guys for listening. Apologies again for last week. Quite fr- well, frustrating and funny that we did the whole thing and just didn't even realize it was fucked. So this one hopefully isn't. <laughs> and we'll uh, catch you guys soon. Wish, wish Jill a happy birthday. Wish her a happy birthday. Don't forget. All right. Thank Slater you. <laughs>